Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for once again tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast for another episode. This is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at RealCodyMallory. I am once again joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar. On Twitter, that is at AnthonyDittmar underscore and Joe Farrow. On Twitter, he is SwampDragonStan. How's it going, guys? What's good, bro? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? doing pretty all right uh yeah I, i'm pretty uh, i'm not upset i'm actually overjoyed that uh we exceeded my uh record prediction from last week so that's, <laughs> that, that's the first place i was going i just had a you know gloat a little bit we predicted i was two and one and that's when two and one i was right i just want to let you guys know that i was right so did you pick the games right too like did you have win-win loss um i did yes i did <laughs> Pain. Well, maybe we'll get a good team one time this year. We're, we're, we have to be at least one good team. We've lost every single one. At one time. One, one can hope. One can hope. Have we beat um, a good team? Yeah, I really don't think we have. We lost to Miami. We lost the Bulls twice. We lost to Golden State. We lost to Phoenix. We the lost Bucks. the Bucks. Yeah, lost the Bucks. I mean, the only thing that we can say is we, we beat uh, the Celtics in like the midst of their hot streak. <laughs> That's the only thing we can and say. And the Sixers, but they're like kind of like they were they had they had their full team that game though. So I know they had their record doesn't show it, but like that's because they right. haven't beaten Tobias for like a big stretch. Now they we beat them healthy, so I think that at least counts for something. We're gonna be able to say after Wednesday that we beat another team in the midst of their hot stretch, the Houston Rockets. Who would have thought? But we'll we'll get to that later <laughs> They've won six in a row. That's crazy. But we'll get to that later at the end. We'll probably, we're going to incorporate, we're going to all make our picks and track our picks for the rest of the season, see who picks games the best. So you guys look forward to that. Before we dive into the Nets, Anthony, there's a little bit of some news in the NBA today. Do you want to talk about it real quick? 
So there's a couple different reports, but the main one that was like dropped by Shams that amidst the firing of Portland's GM, Damian Lillard's kind of like unsettled in terms of like his future with the team. I know there was a lot of reports this offseason like he wanted out, but then he kind of refuted them while he was at the Olympics and he's committed to the Trailblazers long term. And he kind of was inspired by Giannis in terms of like staying with one team and sticking it through. But there was rumors today that he would either be excited to play with Ben Simmons on the Blazers or that he would potentially be like suitable elsewhere. Like, like he'd be okay with like a trade eventually if like because of the tension with head coach Chauncey Billups. I don't know if that was his first choice. I thought I saw a report he wanted Jason Kidd at the beginning of the offseason. Am I was I right about that? Didn't he prefer yes. Kidd at first? Yeah. Yes, Jason, Jason Kidd was his first choice. Yeah, I think I don't know if Dallas pried him away first if Portland wasn't about it, but I know the Chauncey hiring was a little controversial because I know he had some like legal stuff going on. I was not sure exactly what, but it's a definitely a situation to monitor. Because I don't if Simmons, I don't know if Simmons, if he gets there, if you have to give a CJ McCollum and that's a betrayed, because I don't know what kind of assets the Blazers really have aside from their own picks, which would probably be like middle of the pack. I don't know if that'll really like set them over to the next like leap of like elite NBA teams. If Dame were to want out of Portland, I'm sure the list of suitors would be like at least 10 different teams that would be willing to probably make a trade like that. Most notably, I see a lot of Knicks fans saying they want Dame, which I wonder what they would take for that. But yeah, definitely a notable uh, notable thing to keep track of because the trade deadline's in February. So I would say something to monitor over the next two months for sure. Kyrie Irving for Dame Lillard, who says no? I've been Portland. saying that, bro. <laughs> Portland <laughs> says no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just messing around. Obviously, I don't think that's realistically ever going to come into it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just have one take on the uh, on the Dame thing. It's like it's like he really wants to win, but he doesn't want to leave or make any outlandish requests. But it's like, dude, like his name is in the news more for, for stuff around his organization and them trying to please him. Like if he just requests a trade, all that would be done for. <laughs> like just I mean, request the trade get to get to your place of interest and then all this is over like portland is like as of right now it's a terribly run organization they haven't done anything in so long it's dame's got to get out of there their moves this offseason was to get um what's his name tony snell and they got who else did they got this offseason like someone very minimal it's like what do you do was it like a Z- zeller or something yeah cody zeller yeah like, well, i don't know i yeah. see if you're trying to win over a dame i say you make a bigger move than that i don't know if you move him a column to get like a bigger piece or if you try to just like make a trade where you get like a third guy but i don't think the blazers are a team that operates into the luxury tax so i'm pretty sure they were just like yeah we're gonna give you a tony snell and hopefully we can run it back again <laughs> yeah because it's worked so well the last like 10 times i've tried to run it back. it's been like seven eight years now like the same like yeah. not the same core because i know there's like the wesley matthews and marcus aldridge era with like dame but like this mccollum group has at least been five years i'd say yeah like yeah. it's been it's been dame mccollum and nurkic and a revolving door of rotational pieces and it just is not working yeah i, I they definitely i think dame deserves to be out i don't i i'd be afraid if like a philly got involved in a trade for dame if they offered like a Maxi and a Simmons or something like that, because I think a Dame and B duo against if we don't have Kyrie and uh, Harden Durant duo definitely is formidable. I would would not want to mess around with that. But if depending on which team he goes, if he went to the Knicks, I don't really think that put them over the edge. But like, they definitely don't want to get a contender in the East to take him. Yeah, that's definitely something to monitor. Then we got some Demar Derozan news real quick, right? Yeah, he's tested positive for COVID. He's in the health and safety protocols. It's very notable for the Nets. Not only are the Bulls like one of the top contenders, so like they're in the same standings, 
era, but the Nets played the Bulls on Saturday. So like, you never know who could like contracted it from him. Hopefully nobody, but this kind of thing tends to, he probably was in that like little period where like, he didn't know he might've had it. So he could have been like very, um, what's the word to say? He could have spread it easily. So I definitely monitor that. Hopefully the Nets get out of this like three to four day stretch. If they're all clear, I don't think they'll probably contract it from that. But definitely keep track of it. I'd say at least till Friday. Yeah, that's something to watch. Like you said, hopefully he wasn't contagious during the game, but you never know. And that's something to pay attention to the next couple of days. Um, so with that, let's jump right into the games. So last time, since we spoke last time, they had that back-to-back, the T-Wolves and the Bulls. Um, let's start with the T-Wolves game. I truthfully and personally missed a majority of it as I was at work. I watched the highlights, watched through the game that I recorded very quickly on like fast forward, et cetera. Um, it's kind of the same narrative that's been going on all season. The Nets beat a team that's not great, and it wasn't a sound win. It came down to the end. Um, notably from the box score, D'Angelo Russell was very poor this game in Brooklyn. He was 6 of 22 and was a minus 16. On the net side, Patty Mills was once again fantastic. Uh, 8 of 15, 23 points was a plus 15. Um, what do you guys want to talk about with this game? It's kind of like a record that just keeps playing over and over again. Bad team, net struggle, and then beat them in clutch situation. Uh, yeah, the most notable thing going into the game was the comment D'Angelo Russell made about like saying, did he have any bad blood for the Nets? There aren't really, there aren't, I don't think any players besides Joe Harris left in the Nets when he was there, but he did say that if Sean Marks was in a uniform, he would kind of like have it more personal. So I'm, I'm assuming there's some, a little bit bad blood there. Obviously the Nets got rid of D'Angelo Russell in the offseason when they got Durant and Kyrie. Um, the Nets should have played better this game. Like Towns wasn't in. I thought they should have like had this game wrapped up in the third quarter going into it. Because we kind of could use some of those games because KD's been playing high minutes and we really don't want to burn him out in November, December. Um, Durant obviously was great this game. Hard is one of another hard and struggle games, like coming off another good game. We're hoping to see him play well. He did have 27 and nine, but another four of 11 shooting from the field. He did, didn't play horrible like to his standards, but definitely like you, you would want him to build in that good game. And yeah, just like the same kind of stuff. Like Cam Thomas looked at, like kind of like, okay, that game. And it was kind of like, just normal stuff for the Nets, taking care of bad teams, but it should have been a better game, like in terms of like keep like blowing it out in the fourth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, James Johnson looked pretty good again. Um, I think he's completely playing himself into the rotation as the backup big. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Claxton's back. He played three minutes and picked up three fouls against the two Wolves. So that was interesting to see. Um, James Johnson was five of six, had 11 points, six rebounds. Um, he's pretty much cemented himself into the closing lineup because of his defensive ability. He's kind of taken over Blake Griffin's role of a smaller big who can switch on everything. So that's something to keep going forward. Joe, is there anything you want to talk about with the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the quality of the game was one of the worst I've ever watched in my life. Um, it was just like the, like turnovers galore on both sides. Like there was a combined 32 turnovers in this game. And I think there was like, I think there was 14 turnovers in the first quarter. Like it was, it was unreal. It was, it was like left and right turnovers. Nobody on both sides really felt like they wanted to win that game until KD took that dagger shot. 
it was just like it was horrible I, like there's not there's not a lot of ways to really go about it like <laughs> dude, like we thought like not just gonna rag on like one individual player but i mean like like james harden had a great shooting night against the knicks then he went over then in the minnesota game he went back and he shot four of 11 again it's just like there's a lot of guys that didn't shoot very well the bench there was like minimal production outside of james johnson there was 11 points from James Johnson, but then the rest of the bench combined for seven points that night. So Patty Mills stepped up big. Uh, Aldridge had a solid game as always. KD finished with 30 points as usual, but overall the game was not good. <laughs> it's, it, pay, it was very painful to watch, honestly. Yeah, painful to watch, but an important win to have a positive record on the week because, as we all saw on Saturday, personally, that game against the Bulls was the most frustrated I have been watching the Nets all season this year. And what has been a very frustrating season for many, whether it's been Kyrie obviously not playing, them kind of surprisingly to say underachieving despite being the one seed in the East. Um. This game was just, they should have never, ever, ever, ever lost this game against the Bulls. Every single thing the Nets struggle with and reasons they've been losing or not been able to win, they did well in this game. They only had five turnovers. Um, They out-rebounded the Bulls by eight. They took 111 shots, and the Bulls only took 86. Yet they lost the game. Um. The Nets came out hot. They were scoring a bunch in the first quarter, slowed down in the second, and then it was kind of even, even in the fourth. They just gave up 32 points. Um, James Harden, I don't want to harp on him, but he was (laughs) god-awful. He even said in his press press conference after the game, uh, put this one on me, blame me, however he said it. He was 5-21. He missed a bunch of layups. He only took four free throws. The Nets of the team only took nine, which is absurd. The Bulls took 27. It was just very frustrating to watch. I didn't agree with Steve Nash playing Bruce Brown in the closing lineup over DeAndre Bembry. Um, I don't think that should have happened. Bruce Brown was 2 of 11. He also missed a bunch of bunnies around the rim. Uh, I, I don't. I was frustrated watching it. And the Nets lost by four, and they pretty much played. They shot horribly, and they don't have Kyrie, and James Harden was terrible, and they were still in the game against the second-best team in the East. So that's my main takeaway. Um, you guys can go what you want to say about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the Nets definitely played one of their better games at first, it seemed like, but shooting from the field was definitely ugly. I thought they did limit the turnovers, and they were actually getting second-chance points, which is actually, like, insane for the Nets because they, they were actually rebounding well despite being undersized comparatively. But, yeah, it was just one of those games where Harden struggled again. I felt like, like you said, Bruce Brown really should have been that closing lineup. I thought Paul Millsap actually finally gave his best minutes of the year. He had uh, 13 points on 6'11 shooting. He had some nice passes. He played some good defense. I actually was kind of impressed with him. I think he needed more run, and he got finally, he's finally getting consistent minutes now, so he might be able to get like his legs under him. Um, Aldridge was great again. Patty Mills kind of had like a below-average game for his standards this year. He did have 12 points, but not usually like usually up in the 20s. Um, and, yeah, I thought Ben should have been the closing lineup too. And not having James Johnson this game, they hurt the Nets, especially in the closing lineup, because he was he's been crucial for their defense. So I felt like that definitely took a little toll. Kind of like a maintenance game for his knee. He's gonna be back tomorrow. So I don't think it's a big deal. But yeah, definitely a frustrating loss. I want to be I wanted to beat them really bad. 
because it would have been big for standings implications and tiebreakers now. Because now if we end up like getting in a tie with them, we're already down 0-2. I think we played three times, right? Is it three yeah, or four? They, they have yeah. the time. So they already lost the season tiebreaker, Chicago. So you never want to like lose the season tiebreakers to teams that you're comp- competing with at the top of the East. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way about it. It was it was just it was another odd game. We were in it the whole time. Nobody really shot particularly well. Uh, Bruce Brown, he missed a lot of shots at the rim, as did James Harden. It was like Bruce shooting two for 11 is like unheard of because, I mean, there's not a lot of nights where Bruce takes 11 shots, let alone missing nine shots. So it was just odd to see. Uh Ham Thomas got 25 minutes in this game. Wasn't his best effort. He shot three for nine, but he uh, he contributed in other areas. He had two assists and four rebounds. Millsap, yeah, he had a he had a good game, but uh, <laughs> Anthony, that's a very odd sentence. I never thought I'd hear from you. Uh, <laughs> not having James Johnson really hurt the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I, he's honestly like I think every time I bully someone, it works because we were bullying James Johnson to be in the year, and then he's kind of been like one of the vets rotation players. Then the same with Millsap. So yeah, doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and like and like I said, I think Paul definitely needed a f- couple games in a row where he got like consistent minutes to get his legs under him, and that it definitely showed. Paul actually played very very well. He even knocked down a three. He got a block. Uh, Harden five for 21. This was a game where like we actually saw Harden show that burst and be able to beat players off the dribble and get to the rim. But it was just like, he was getting there with ease and it was just like, none of them were falling. It was very, very odd. Yeah. It was, it was really odd to see. And he shot one of five from three, five for 21 total. It, It was, it was a bad game overall for the Nets and one that they really needed. Yeah, it was like I said, it was frustrating. Like you said, Harden was getting there, which is encouraging. It's an encouraging sign because he's been struggling to get there. He hasn't really looked explosive at all. But the fact that he was getting there is good. He just couldn't finish, which is just, I mean, he's been struggling to finish all year, but not to the extent of Saturday night. Also, yeah, let's, and let's, uh, I just wanted to add, there was a lot of yeah. like of the, a lot of those layups that he was missing. I won't, I won't say they're uncontested, but it wasn't ones like where he was getting fouled and not getting the call as we've been seeing a lot this year. It was a lot of them where like he was getting clean looks at the rim and they just weren't going down. It was very odd. Right. He just was simply missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the Nets injuries um, kind of caught up with them this game. If you look at their bench, they did not have a single player that was a positive and plus minus, which that's kind of looking at it in a vacuum, but that's not a good sign. When you look at your bench, you have minus 14, minus 4, minus 9, minus 8. Um, so, obviously, not having Joe Harris, not having James Johnson, and Claxton did not play at all in this game. Blake. Blake is out of the and rotation. But. Blake. I, I So, when I saw that James Johnson was out, I really thought that Blake Griffin was going to play, and I was pretty surprised that he didn't even come into the game at all, especially when the Nets were struggling so much from the field. I think Nash really wants him to get his head right. I think, like, no matter what, I think eventually we're going to see him back. I don't know if it's because of injury or if it just Nash thinks he's ready to get back if he sees something in practice. But there's going to be a time where Blake gets to prove himself again. I'd say it's within, like, a week or two, if I had to guess, unless everyone else is playing, like, like playing extra, like, uh, very well. I just don't know how you go the whole season with this, like, this thin of a bench. Because right now the team's a little thin, if we're going to keep being honest. 
for sure. Yeah, they're putting a lot of pressure on the guys that are starting, mainly Durant and even Harden. They're both playing a ton of minutes, which you don't really want to see in early December now. So anything else you guys want to talk about with the Bulls game? Pretty much my big takeaway is they never, ever should have lost that game, in my opinion. If you look at the box score, like I said, the rebounding, the turnovers, the amount of field goals they had, you would have thought they would have blown out the Bulls, and they lost. The Bulls are going to be one of the best teams in the East this year, like along with the Nets, I say Heat, Philly, and the Bucks. But the Bulls are going to be scary come playoff time. I don't know if I want to match up with them. Yeah, uh, the other thing is the Nets actually caught a break early in this game. One of the better defenders on the Bulls, Alex Caruso, left in, like, the, I think it might have been the first quarter or early second quarter with a hamstring injury, and he wasn't available for the rest of the game. So, and they still weren't really able to capitalize on that. So, it was just disappointing. That's that's what concerned me the most with Harden was Caruso. I appreciate he leaves the league in steals per game and he only played eight minutes. I could see if Harden was struggling because he had Caruso hounding all game, kind of like Kyle Bridges did to Curry and Harden. But the fact that Caruso left and Harden still struggled, that that was that was what made it most concerning to me. Yeah. But we gotta move on. It's just one game out of 82 in the postseason. Um, like I've said before, there is never a slow day for news with the Nets. Today, uh, Scoop B dropped a story on Kyrie Irving about his stance on the vaccine. He doesn't want to be viewed as anti-vaccination. He just doesn't like any of the options that are currently available. And they could have pointed out to his plant diet. He might be waiting for an all-plant vaccine. Um what I, I don't, honestly don't know what to take of this, so I'm going to put it on you guys, and then I'll kind of fill in after. What do you guys think about this story in general? I think it's incredibly weird, and Kyrie Irving's very reserved, and I'm surprised when ever news drops about him, because who is he telling this to? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I first of all, I really appreciate you dropping this on us, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, I... I don't even know. Like he, he's saying he's a voice of the voiceless by not taking the vaccine. And I get it. I really do. But it's just like, come on, man. Like you're waiting on a plant-based vaccine. Like you're going to openly take the plant-based version and just say <laughs> that the other ones are just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not good with the other ones, but yeah, this plant-based one, that's for me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. I, I don't I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just like I, 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 so uh, you say like yeah. that it really sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like no, that's, that's like that's the only way I thought about it. I'm just like, all right, I get it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um I, I know a lot of people in like other countries I saw were like the doing this plant like a, a vegan diet as well to like get around taking vaccinations. Because there is something about that where, like, you it does exempt you in certain countries if you have that kind of diet. But, and so, like, I don't know if that's what Kyrie's idea was. I know he's been vegan for a few years. I don't think that really is that. The most infuriating part about the report was that he's the happiest he's been in years. Because, like, like I saw Anthony Puccio tweet. He's like, if you're happy he's been in years and you don't, or you're cool with not playing basketball, then just – he, he literally said just, just retire. I don't know if I want Kyrie to retire because, obviously, he's very important for this Nets team, but – it's infuriating to hear these reports keep leaking. I don't know if he's telling people this or like it's this close circle. But at the end of the day, we're a quarter into the season now. And this is the most important season in not just Brooklyn Nets history, but I'd say in the Nets history. 
because this is like the best they've ever been in terms of like talent on the yeah. roster. And having this go on and take away from the season after like the infuriating aspect of last year with all the injuries, knowing you probably were the best team makes it even more like controversial. I think we're getting close to a boiling point. I don't think we're there yet. Cause I think there's still a little bit more time for that. Like I, like I mentioned before, I think around like January time come close to trade deadline, it's going to get even worse. Cause it's like, we need to make a decision now, but it, I, I don't see this. I'm hoping this ends well. I don't know when we'd get a plant-based vaccine or if that's even like what he wants, but it's, it's getting to a point now where like Nets fans are getting kind of sick of it. Yeah, personally, I'm happy that Kyrie's happy, obviously. Um, I want him to play basketball. I hope I would hope he'd be happy making millions of dollars to play a sport that he's supposed to love. Um, as for the retirement thing, I've had a couple people tweet at me, like, oh, Kyrie, just retire already. That is literally the worst-case scenario out of any possible scenario for the Brooklyn Nets. If you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you do not want Kyrie Irving to retire. Well, yes, I like Kyrie and don't want to trade him, at least getting something back is better than nothing. If he straight up retires, the Nets have this roster and there's very little flexibility on anything they can do with it coming to the trade deadline. Um, and well, yes, there's uncertainty around Kyrie. And like I said, I do not want the Nets to trade them. So don't go running around saying, oh, Cody said trade, trade Kyrie for a role player. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Cody said trade him for the worst player in the league. <laughs> Trade him for, to get a TLC back. <laughs> but literally, if he retires, you get nothing out of him at all. Yeah. So that is the worst possible situation or ending to the situation is that he just straight up retires and says he's not playing basketball anymore. So I just want to put that out there. I feel very strongly about that. And if he retires, it's just – that would probably be the worst day for the Mets since he announced that he wasn't – or he got suspended. Did you um, ever watch the episode of SpongeBob where it's like Gary come home? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All I can think about was like like Kyrie come home and like that, that song playing. Like Kyrie come back, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I said last time Kyrie's probably my favorite player on the Mets. Like, obviously, he I just love watching him play the game. He's so fun to watch play. He brings so much energy and like he's showtime. Basically, it's it's just it sucks. I don't know what else to say besides that it sucks. I want a championship, man. <laughs> yeah, I would love that too, but. Which leads me into, with James Harden's struggles, the amount of minutes Kevin Durant's playing, do you think the Nets will revisit Kyrie Irving being allowed to practice with the team, which he was cleared to do by the city, and play in on away games? Um, I saw your tweet the other day. Like I think it was today or yesterday. You are like, Kyrie Irving could play in four games this, this week if, you're, if the Nets let him. I, I think right I think the Nets idea at first was to try to like strong arm him to like be a full-time player and not let him get what he wants and be a part-time player. But I think there's gonna have to be a decision, like we said in February, if like it if is there a good enough return for Kyrie where it's like it's worth it, or is it just better to play Kyrie Irving in all the road games? Honestly, like it might just come down to that where it's like it's you can put your best team forward. And then the only interesting part about that is that like would you want a lower seed then? If you like if you have Kyrie for the lo- more road games, because you technically would have an extra road game in the series. Like, I know we want the one seed and all, but like home court advantage yeah. means one extra game. So game seven, you'd have a Kyrie Irving. That's the interesting wrinkle I was just thinking about. <laughs> I I don't see a world where the Nets even think about letting Kyrie come back to play road games. I I, I don't see the organization being okay with that. I see them just being frustrated 
overall, and as is everybody. But I don't think they're going to be frustrated to a point where they just give in and allow him to play road games. I think it's more likely that we trade him than it is likely that we allow him to play road games. That's just how I'm seeing it right now because when you're saying, is there a good enough return for Kyrie Irving? The issue is at this stage of the game, if they're frustrated to the point where they're ready to think about trading him, they're not caring. They don't care about getting the greatest possible return because the chances are you're not going to bring him back in free agency anyway. So that's something you have. If there's a move where it's not an equal return, but it's good enough that you think your team will be able to be pushed over the hump to get you to a championship this year with what you have, then that's something they have to consider rather than just allowing him to play road games and getting half of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, see, it's it's obviously a tough situation, and everyone has a different opinion on it. I personally did not like the decision to begin with when they first announced he wasn't allowed to play away games, especially since he is allowed to practice. I think if he wasn't allowed to practice, that would have been a different situation. But since even if that's are at home, he could still be practicing with the teams, et cetera, he just can't play. I did not like the decision to begin with. Um even like Anthony said, last year, picture this season, you're playing against the Bucks. You could have had Kyrie Irving in a game seven. Like, you could have had him in the other games too. Like, it's not an ideal situation, but I think it's better than nothing. And it allows you to buy some time until the offseason. I think 50% of Kyrie is better than 100% of whatever you can get back from him. And at the end of the day, like you've been saying, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. And if it comes down to it, it comes down to it, in my opinion. Why did they just make Barclays Center a retractable roof? Because <laughs> <laughs> you could, that's the thing. Like football players and baseball players were cool about being vaccinated because it was like not enclosed. Like <laughs> open up Barclays Center, tell Joe's aside, so just open it up and just tell Nets fans to bundle up. <laughs> Could you imagine? But no, I mean, I, I understand that from like a logical standpoint, it does make sense to like that half of Kyrie Irving is probably better than what we're going to get in return. But it's like, I don't see the organization taking that mindset. Yeah, it, it just, it's just a weird situation. I, I hope the Nets and Kyrie can come to good resolution. Everyone has their own takes. There's like a million different takes right now on Nets Twitter. And it's honestly like, the biggest thing that's like has everybody like divided right now, I would say, aside from like the James Harden debates and stuff. I say the Kyrie takes now every time a new report comes out, it's like I see a different million different opinions, and each one has their fair points, and each one has their like obviously their cons and their pros, but it's just something that's going to consume this entire season every time something like this comes out. And I'm sure we'll have more of these kind of reports. Yeah, it's, it's, it sucks, like I've been saying the entire time I've been recording this pod, but Sean Marks, Steve Nash, Joe Sy, it's ultimately their decision. So it's just something we got to pay attention to, kind of see how things are trending, and just hope for the best possible outcome. So to kind of transition away from Kyrie, but still talk about Kyrie in the same sense, what once was going to be a dynasty for four, three to five years, I would say, with a big three of Harden, Kyrie, and Durant has become very cloudy and uncertain. Obviously, Durant 
is locked up. That being said, with the player empowerment, even if a player is locked up, they can force their way out. I don't think Kevin Durant will do that, but that is always a very slim option. And then the play of James Harden hasn't been great. And obviously Kyrie's not playing. So kind of what are you guys' thoughts on the future outlook of what we once thought was going to be a very good big three for a very, very long time? If you go back to like the second week of September after Kevin Durant, like one is a few weeks after he won his Olympic gold medal, he signed the extension. Sean Mark says we'll have Harden and Kyrie's done in the next few weeks. It seems like once those extensions came in, we're like, okay, we don't got to worry about like this drama of players leaving and going at least for, I'd say at least two to three years, two very minimum. I'd say at least three personally. It seemed like that's where it was heading towards. There was always the rumors that Harden was just going to wait to this, this offseason because like it just made sense financially. He put left a lot of money on the table in Houston. And now why would he forfeit more in Brooklyn when he could just wait to the offseason and resign? And he's kind of like admitted, like he's like, I'm going to resign. And just like, it's just in terms of like, like money wise, it makes sense. He just didn't want to be a forefront and say it like that. But now with his play like this and the Kyrie uncertainty, it went from a sure thing to like, I'm not in full warm panic mode. If Kevin Durant didn't sign the extension, I'd be like really nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like Kevin Durant signed that four-year extension. So we have him under contract. Like you said, the empower movement makes it a little different. You can just say, I want to leave and kind of, you kind of have to honor it to a certain extent. But I really, this can go a lot of different ways. There's like a couple different options. I guess the, if you get Kyrie star for a star thing, I don't think that really happens. I think that there's an option where it's just Durant Harden moving forward. If the Nets front office is sick of Kyrie's antics. And there's a world where like, it's the death con five where it's like, None of that works out. Harden walks on the Nets. Something happens. I don't think that happens, but there is a world where that could happen. But I say it's like less than a less than a one percent, like 0.1%. I'm not even gonna manifest it. But I don't know what happens. It's kind of very fluid. None of these situations seems very likely. I'm hoping in the perfect world, Kyrie gets vaccinated or there's some like rule change. He then Harden turns around his play. The Nets win the championship. They both sign massive extensions, and the Brooklyn Nets get to try to run it back next season and years to come. But yeah, and we completely forget about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we never talked about it because right now, it's... right, no, never happened. <laughs> then we go yeah. back and we delete the episode. That's what we <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried for the other two thirds outside of uh, Kevin Durant. It's funny because last year when, when James Harden was here and like Kyrie was out for a bit and KD was out for a bit, we were all saying, "Oh, thank God for James Harden." Thank God we have this guy. He's he's doing everything he can to keep us afloat right now. And now we're all sitting here saying, "Oh, thank God for Kevin Durant. That guy, he is he is a hundred percent keeping us afloat right now. If he's obviously a top three MVP candidate this year, as he would be number one if Steph Curry wasn't just on an absolute other level right now. But it's it's I'm glad that I'm definitely glad that KD signed his extension definitely puts people at ease because i mean even if shit hits the fan with the other two i mean like you have kevin durant people want to play with kevin durant and there's loaded free agencies and i'm not saying that i want other players other than james harden and kyrie because i do not but in a world where everything goes 100 percent awry there are people that want to play with kevin durant and sean marks is a good enough general manager to where he could figure things out and pains me to say but i am worried <laughs> i am worried but i i'm 
I'm not at the same time because I trust Sean Marks and I trust the Nets and I trust Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, I'm all on the same boat. Um, yesterday, or was it yesterday? Saturday? I don't remember what day it was. Every day kind of blends together. But I tweeted out, you cannot give this James Harden, let's just say this version of James Harden, a max contract extension. And I took some heat from it <laughs> on Twitter, to say the least. I got ratioed, as some of these kids would say. Um, <laughs> but there was, <laughs> there was also a fair amount of people who agreed with me. I ran some polls, kind of asking if people felt James Harden was playing at an all-star level this year. And I personally do not believe he is this far, thus far into the season. I believe the poll was about 58% said that he is not playing at an all-star level. Um, but all in all, my favorite interaction with the entire thing was Billy Reinhardt from Nets Daily. Huge fan. Want to throw that out there before I go into this discussion. But he brought up a good point on if you don't give the extension to James Harden, what is the alternative? And kind of like Joe said, the alternative is a mystery. No one knows. None of us have the answer. But having Kevin Durant there makes the alternative to be like a pretty good chance that it's a good alternative if it comes down to it. Um, I don't believe that this is the final form of James Harden we will see this year. So I do not believe we'll even have to worry about this discussion. But if James Harden finishes the season averaging 20 points, five turnovers on 40% shooting, do you guys offer him the max extension if you are the Nets? If you don't want to answer it because it's controversial, I don't blame you. You don't have to. Personally, I would not. I would trust in Kevin Durant, and I would trust in John Marks. Um, I think you'd have to know you're getting someone at a better – like. But you, I think you have to know you're getting a better player. I don't think you run that risk. Um, I think you just hope and pray that he has a better season. But if like unless you have like a handwritten agreement with like a Damian Lillard or Steph Curry or Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> you don't do it personally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like there would have to be some serious tampering going on <laughs> if we were to not offer James Harden the max contract extension. Like we would face a hefty tampering fine because well, the tampering, the pampering. Yeah. Uh, punishment is like a future second round pick. We can afford to lose that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of the heat and bulls. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess my big thing with it is I'm just afraid to have that amount of money tied up over a four or five year period when he's, he, I, I hate to say it, but he's showing signs of aging. I don't care how you look at it. He can't finish or he hasn't been able to get to the rim as much. But he is showing signs of slowing down. And I guess I'm looking more of a long-term outlook of if you give him whatever the max is, four or five years, a bunch of money, it really kills your flexibility. And if it doesn't work out, it really won't work out hard. And that would put the Nets, I believe, as one of the worst teams in the league. And like you said, you don't want to mess around with that Kevin Durant time. But that's just my thoughts on it. I think yeah, that- yeah, you go, Joe. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I mean, like, going into this season, there was, like, a, like if you were to tell me this scenario was to happen in the beginning of the season, I would say, okay, then this upcoming free agency, there's guys like Zach Levine and Bradley Beal who are going to be available. But right. now when you look at it, they're both on very good teams as opposed to they have not been for the last however many years. And now both of their teams are very successful. So now that possibility is out the window. It makes it – 
even more scary because I can't see either of those guys leaving now. Yeah, um, the, the way you put that makes total sense because I, I think everyone assumed Levine was gone after this year, but the Bulls really had a great offseason when people didn't expect them to, and they're kind of just like one of the class of the teams of the East now. The Wizards are definitely overperforming too. But going to this year, honestly, I thought – I think if you ask Nets fans who had the best chance of winning MVP on this team, I think Durant and Harden would have been like 1A and 1B because there was a – people forget. Like, I don't think that people aren't forgetting in Nets world, but in general, last year, Harden had a great case to win the MVP before he got went down with his hamstring injury. The Nets that stretched with those two had like a 20-5 and five run, and Harden was like leading them some games when Kyrie was getting load managed. Like, especially like after that, the West Coast trip – where they swept the Warriors, Suns, Kings, Clippers, and was it Lakers? Yeah, Lakers. They, after that stretch, we were like, is James Harden the MVP of this league? Like now, yeah, I, yeah. I, during that stretch, I put a hundred dollars down on Harden to win MVP, and then he got hurt, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like season. three days later. I was so upset. It was like three days later. I was like, oh great. <laughs> Going into the season, I was one of the many that, like Anthony said, that said James Harden is the favorite for MVP this year because he's just James Harden with no Kyrie Irving. I knew the ball was going to be in his hands the entire game, and he's James Harden. So I was like, oh, he's got a very good chance of MVP. And then I even had I had him ahead of Durant for what I expected to win MVP. Now I don't think he's a better player than Durant, but as in terms of MVP in regular season. I was one of the many that said James Harden is the favorite for MVP this season heading into the season. And I hope it still turns around and the discussion of, oh, should we give an aging superstar because he is a superstar at max contract doesn't matter because he is James Harden. Yeah. It's honestly crazy where we are right now, like comparatively to last year when we acquired James Harden and we had that stretch, like you said, he was like the Nets, like he was, he was acquired by the Nets to be like the guy to like, take over when Kyrie or Durant needed to like take breaks or have games off. And now it's just like, holy shit, like Kevin Durant's playing 40 minutes a game and, and <laughs> for worth basketball game. Like where yeah. are, how, how do we get to this point? And James Harden was the savior last year. He was the savior of the Nets in the regular season. The Nets were like 11 and 12 or something or 12 and 11. They weren't a good team. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like throw it and like, I, we still got to just keep remembering like throughout all of this, we are still the number one seed in the East, which is absolutely insane. It's just many, many <laughs> yeah. Nets fans feel, and rightfully so, that what we're doing right now, winning and staying afloat at the top of the East, it's not sustainable with how this team is playing. Yeah. Um, it's honestly insane. I could probably name every single game that the Nets' big three has played together, too. I just wanted to point that out. Isn't it, isn't it still like under 15 total? I remember, like, the first one, I want to I want to say the first one was the Nets-Golden State game on the road. I think that's no, what it was. It was, it, was the, it was the Cavs, and they beat us. That's <laughs> right. And they didn't play – Durant didn't play the second one. I know the Golden State game was one of them, but then Durant had that injury that lingered. And I think they played, like, one or two to end the, the season against, like, the Bulls and someone else. Maybe been, like, Orlando. And then they had that crazy, like, alley-oop play – that play with, like, where uh, – you know what I'm talking about, where Blake Griffin, like, saved it. And then the yeah, Celtics the series. back and – Yep. The Celtic series, and then it was 20 seconds of this game against the Bucks, game one, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly wild to think about, considering James Harden's been here since January of 2020. Uh, January of 2021, sorry. He's been here for almost a year, and they played less than 15 games together. 
Yeah, that's such a, it's honestly sad to think of. Like, I, I don't even want to think of it because the Basel that we should be should be seeing and what we're actually seeing, granted the Nets are still first and East, but like that would be the greatest show of basketball that anyone has seen probably in definitely our lifetime and probably back to the MJ days when they were just dominating. 100%. Oh, the Clippers game is actually my favorite one they played together. That TNT game was insane. Yeah, that game was a lot of yeah. fun. That was one of my favorite games of last year. They did all play that game, for, I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, so, yeah, Harden's future. I mean, obviously, the Nets would most likely want him back regardless. And then we don't even have to go into the future outlook for Kyrie because there's about 3,000 things that could happen. <laughs> and we simply don't have enough time in a year, the rest of this year, to talk about it. That's not for sure. So maybe we'll attempt it in 2022 and we can give ourselves a full 12 months to do an episode and talk about what can happen with Kyrie Irving next year. <laughs> um, injury roundup for the game tomorrow. There's really only Joe Harris. I think Anthony said it before that James Johnson and Cam are both off the injury report. So the Nets should be relatively healthy. Um, obviously, they don't have Kyrie and they don't have Joe Harris, which are two starters. They're still down. But from the team that they've had the last couple of weeks, they should have everyone available. Um, and they've got four games this week, so it's going to be a busy week. Um, the, the Mavs has some injuries, though. The Mavs have Luca, Tim Hardaway, and Porzingis all game time decisions, and Willie Cauley Stein's out. I always feel like whenever someone's a game time decision against the Nets, they always play. Like Joel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joel Embiid is questionable for every Nets game ever and played every single one. Always plays. Porzingis is probable tomorrow, I believe. So I think he's gonna play. Hope Luca doesn't play. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then the Rockets. The Rockets on Wednesday. The Rockets have won six games in a row. Like what? How does that happen? Revenge game though. James after lo- after losing fifteen in a row, right? Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so they were on pace to have the worst record in NBA history by far, and all of a sudden they've won six games in a row. Boom, that's gone. So, like, yeah, they're the Rockets, but they're playing good basketball right now. So, the Nets can't take them lately. Um, but, I mean, the Mavs don't play great defense. The Rockets typically don't play great defense. Obviously, Atlanta doesn't play great defense. And then the Detroit Pistons are the Detroit Pistons. So, these are four good games this week for James Harden to get rolling, build some confidence, and go into the rest of the season playing well. So, that's pretty much what I'm looking for this week is obviously, like Joe said a couple episodes ago, just win. Um, the Nets have been doing that, <laughs> and Joe doesn't like it, apparently, even though he told them to just win. But <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> but I, do. I want to see James Harden playing well in these four games, which I think every Nets fan wants to see. Whether you're a James Harden stand or not, a good James Harden would be a good Nets team, which is what we all want. Yeah, I totally agree. Hopefully we have a nice nice little road trip. Uh, keep winning on the road. I think we're on like our best road star in franchise history. I think we're at like 8-2 or 9-2 now. I know they're, they're home. Yep. Oh, they're on the road. In, they're whole road the whole week. So definitely want to build on yep. that. It's not a brutal road stretch. So they, they, I think it shouldn't be like that terrible, you know. Yeah, so, so you guys want to – Yeah, are we giving our predictions now? Yeah, so let's go. First time we're doing this, we're going to pick each game. We're not going to go record on the week. We're going to pick each game, and we're going to track it throughout the rest of the season and see who picks the best. 
So we'll go game by game. Um, so we'll start with the Mavs. I don't know who wants to start. If anyone has a preference, it doesn't matter to me. Because uh, oh. you go first, Joe. Because I, I lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll take us to win against Dallas. Okay, Anthony. I am gonna say we win against Dallas as well. All right, I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer of the group. I'm gonna go with a loss. Ooh. And then I'll start the Rockets. We are ending that win streak. The Nets are going to obliterate the Rockets on Wednesday. So I'm gonna take a win for that game. I'll take a win against the Rockets as well. I'm going to win against the Rockets as well. Okay. And then Atlanta on Friday, I am going with a win. I'll take a loss against Atlanta. I'll take a okay, win against Atlanta. And then Detroit, if you guys don't say win, I might be kicking you out of the podcast, but I will start with a win. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a pretty clear-cut win. Uh, I'm gonna go win. Anthony, you hesitated there. Are you okay? Are you sure you're <laughs> I think we're due to lose to a bad team, so that's why I was thinking about it. But I'll go win. Right, Yo, you so had lost got... Atlanta. I had lost uh, against Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, so we got Joe. We have all of us winning against. We have me and Joe winning against Dallas. Cody a loss. All three say win against Atlanta. Me and Cody have wins against. Oh, no, wins against Houston. Me and Cody have wins against Atlanta. Joe has a loss. Then we all have wins against Detroit. So we have 3-1, 3-1, and I have four now. Yep. High hopes over there for Anthony. That's two weeks in a row you predict the undefeated week, Anthony. Yes. I'm, 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 feeling, I'm feeling confident this week. Like, you know what? They ended, up, they ended up losing a game last week. So I think my 3-1 and one is pretty solid. <laughs> I'm I agree, also 3-1, yeah. but, but what's going to be that one? <laughs> I have a feeling it's, if it is a loss, it is Atlanta. My opinion, I think tomorrow we're going to – we usually respond well to losses. Have we lost consecutive games or did did we? Oh, oh. I don't think we haven't lost consecutive um, games. Off the top of my I head, can't, I can't remember. I can get that answer for you. Just give me one second. I could – I right now I could just – I could just picture Clint Capella giving us absolute hell. We have not lost football <laughs> games. Yeah, we have not. We lost the first game one and then lost, and that was the closest. It was losing two out of three, but we have not lost back-to-back games. Uh, I don't think, think we five. Huh? What was our highest winning streak? I think it was five. Yeah, it is five. Yeah. We went on a five-game streak and then a four-game streak. Or no, then a three-game streak and a four-game streak. Win streak. Anything else you guys want to touch about, talk about? Um, the report is constantly changing for other teams, so we're not going to project that far into the week based off injuries. Um, like you said, the Mavs game is tomorrow, and they have those three huge players that are questionable or probable, so it'll definitely be noteworthy to see kind of what happens there. Overall, I just think it should be another positive week for the, the Nets record-wise. Whether the performance matches up with the result is one thing, but as long as you keep getting the result, the performance can gradually catch up to it. You guys want to give like each one bold take to end the episode for the week? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, Anthony. You want to go first? Since you brought it up, you must have something in your mind. I do. 
I say Blake Griffin gets back into the rotation this week and is a key rotation piece moving forward. I say it's one of the later games, maybe against Atlanta, or maybe he comes for a revenge game against the Pistons. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go next, Joe. I'm going to say, since I have talked a lot of shit about this player, whether it is on Twitter or the podcast, that James Harden will win Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and he will average a 25-point triple-double on the week. I said it. I like it. I don't, I don't like it. It's very bold. I don't, I don't like it, but I said it. That's definitely bolder than triple-double Eastern Conference Player of the Week, James Harden. All right, I'll, I'll go mine. I will say that Cam Thomas has his first career 20-point game this week. Ooh. Okay. I could see that in the game. Yeah, I could. I That's that's the one I'm going for. And then I think he's going to keep building off that. And he's now he's getting around 20, 25 minutes a game a lot of nights. So I'm hoping that one of these games he really turns it up. No one wanted to throw out that uh, Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I'll, no. I'll leave that to uh, some, some other people. My bold, right. my 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 dream bold take is the plant based vaccine gets approved by the FDA. <laughs> Can you imagine Twitter when if Kyrie Irving like gets vaccinated, gets cleared to play, like how much like how hyped Nets Twitter would be? Oh, it's gonna be wild. I would love that. It's gonna be the best I'm day too. for Nets. It'll be the best day for Nets Twitter since Kevin Durant signed the extension. Yeah, wait, you know what? We're always uh, jinxing stuff. So I'm gonna say, there's no. I'm, I'm gonna say, plant-based vaccines suck. They're never gonna get approved, so they will get approved. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Kyrie once he gets his vaccine, he'll need like a six-month ramp up anyway, according to Nash. Sure. So, so you'll it's okay. You'll be ready for the finals. You'll <laughs> be ready yeah. for next season when New York City will say you must have not the plant-based vaccine right after the Nets get a max contract. <laughs> but before we get too far into a world of fiction i think it's a good time to end as always please tweet at us comment like this podcast subscribe Uh, we'd love to have more of an interaction with the fans we will hopefully be getting a guest back in here soon we just really wanted to focus more in on the play of our brooklyn nets these last couple episodes i would say week week and a half um once again subscribe comment like tweet at us any questions we'd love to answer them this is your host cody mallory from the sports ethos that's podcast once again being joined by anthony dittmar and joe farrow thank you guys and we look forward to speaking to you on our next episode Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.